Welcome to Lead by Women Will, a Google podcast created to inspire and empower women as we rise in our careers. I'm your host, Loranda Martin-Evans. Today, my guest is Sasha Mayer. Sasha is CEO and co-founder of Mamava, the only freestanding lactation suite where nursing mothers can breastfeed or pump in private. Maybe you've seen them in airports, stadiums, and malls, or the Locator app that helps find Mamava suites and 1,500 other lactation rooms around the U.S., Mamava also just won the Small Business of the Year in Vermont. Welcome, Sasha. Thank you for having me. So I'm really excited to talk about this one because I was a nursing mother myself up until two weeks ago. So this is really something that's personal to me and something that I'm really passionate about, that giving women access uh, and, and the ability to go about their lives and still do what's right for their family. So tell us about Mamava. What, what is it and... How did you get that started as an entrepreneur? Yes, well, I guess I would say that Mamava is an idea, and it's an idea that if you want to breastfeed, if you choose to breastfeed, it should be an authentic option for a mom, particularly in the U.S. where we have sort of dismal opportunity for long-term maternity leave and moms are going back. I believe the statistic is, you know, 25% of moms go back after two weeks, you know, Um, and there is mandated leave, but that's not necessarily paid for every worker. So it's an idea that really, if you want to breastfeed, you should be able to do it. And that is about providing places for moms to feel comfortable using a breast pump or if they uh, want to breastfeed in private, as well as a mobile app and a support system via our website and our social networks that celebrate breastfeeding in its many forms. And sometimes that means pumping and actually being away from your baby. Oh, the joys of pumping. <laughs> no, but I really think it's so important to be able to have those spaces. So so thank you so much. Your, your business is really an important one. How did you begin that process as an entrepreneur? Was it an idea that came to you in the middle of the night? Was it something you experienced? Yeah. So of course I had gone through it myself, but what was interesting is we had a baby boom at the design studio where we incubated the idea for Mamava. So I think there was maybe eight women at the same time in a 60 person workplace. uh, Something in the water over there. (laughs) That expression, something in the water is so true. Yeah, yeah. I I had sort of an executive level job. I had autonomy in a private office. So I was able to keep breastfeeding or, you know, pumping when I returned to work. But at the same time, one of my colleagues who was a receptionist, she was supported to a degree where she could take the breaks and try to kind of set herself up to breastfeed, but it was always a negotiation, right? So somebody was going to have to go and spell her at the desk, and then she's going to have to borrow another space if there wasn't a private room to use uh, Mm -hmm. versus my private office. So it really struck me that, you know, it was not right for, for me to be able to do it and for her to have it really not be an authentic choice. And uh, about the same time, uh, there was an article by Jody Cantor of the New York Times in, uh, it was Labor Day of 2006. So the idea, you know, came upon us a while ago, but she talked about this idea of this class system around breastfeeding. So women like myself who had autonomy in their jobs and a supportive workplace could choose to breastfeed, but women who were maybe working at a checkout line or at a grocery store 
or, you know, the TSA security, you know, what have you, didn't have the same opportunities. Mm-hmm. And frankly, all of us were getting the same messages from our physicians, from our midwives, that breastfeeding is the best thing to do, that it's going to be best for you as well as your baby. But sometimes it just wasn't an authentic choice. So that's really where it, it kind of it latched on. <laughs> and it was like an idea that I, I couldn't shake, especially when I continued to see my colleagues that were younger, my sister, my friends kind of you know, repeating the the same, um, the same challenges. And I've spoken to some, some women and I hear their frustration or they're worried that they'll be out of the, the game if they take too long of a maternity break. And, and I, I can see it in their eyes, how they feel pulled between staying home long enough for the baby and making sure that the family is taken care of, but also really you know, wanting their career trajectory to continue and and keep moving forward. So how do you think we can better support new mothers in the workplace? Yeah, I think by having really overt policies that everybody knows about, um, even if they're not going to be using those policies Mm -hmm. to understand the value, I think for the moms themselves, it is such a short period of time in the grand scheme of things that you are, you know, growing this baby in your body and out of your body yeah. <laughs> via breastfeeding that supporting them, letting them know that really it should not stall their career. And in fact, they're going to just have a different different way of thinking about their the world and their positions. I think I, I always felt that when I came back from having my first child, like, I felt like I did that. I did that with my body. I've uh, now kept this child alive for three months because I was able to take 12 (laughs) weeks off. And like, if I can do that, I can go, you know, and do this presentation or, you know, build this strategic package for my client. Um, It really uh, was actually really empowering. But I think there's also those, those signals that an employer can make around the, you know, having a lactation room or having mm-hmm. a mom of a pod, mm-hmm. sort of celebrating moms, um, having best practices in place to support them. So they don't feel like they're putting anybody out by asking for what should be really easy and necessary accommodations. So what have you seen culturally in the treatment of working moms, both here in the U.S., but then How have you seen that in other countries abroad? Are there any countries who are doing it really well that we could learn from? What have you seen globally trending? I do think, frankly, in the States, the current administration, there's been a silver lining, which has become, you know, first from Me Too and now the sort of hashtag Time's Up, Mm -hmm. where it's sort of what are we going to all do about it, right? And we are so much a part of that, that movement here where it was right under our nose the whole time, but now it's it's like right in our <laughs> sight line, right? All yeah. of these things that are not that hard to do that, you know, are creating more empathy around women's issues and workers' issues. <laughs> I think it's actually a positive thing. And then, I mean, internationally, frankly, there are, as we know, countries, including Canada, and of course, Scandinavia and many of the European countries that have excellent parental leave policies, not just not just a women's issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really important to note that it's it's an 
everybody yeah. <laughs> issue and giving permission for fathers to take that time, I think is really important in those in those countries that's happening. I mean, frankly, it's even happening in in Asia and Latin America as well. And I think it's it's great. It's it's interesting that we are in the States so far behind on it compared to the rest of the world, frankly. And is it a stigma for fathers to take the time off here? Do you think that's the issue? I do. I think it's less understood, but, you know, more and more accepted. And I think what we have found with our business, it's also this millennial mindset you know, for the lean-in moms to assert Mm -hmm. their expectations. That crosses over from for all, as we know, um, employees of that millennial generation. They sort of have high expectations and then they deliver at a high level. That's what we have found. And I think they're also, from what I'm seeing, I'm I'm Gen X, but their partners are are taking the same attitude. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's amazing. Um, our CFO, is, his wife is an attorney. They have four kids under the age of five. Oh, my goodness. And um, <laughs> I see like that is, you know, you wouldn't be able to do that. Uh, I see them as a wonderful example of, of uh, a co-parenting dynamic, which is really, really great. And I actually see that over and over again with my younger colleagues. And I find, too, when, when you know, the co-parenting is there and when you have, when you do hire working mom instead of stigmatizing them, like, oh, they're going to be checked out. I've actually found that moms really, and dads, have a lot to prove and a lot of energy to give and a new perspective on things and, and fresh ideas to bring to the table that they didn't have before. I mean, it's a huge new experience. And uh, I, I personally think the old stigma of, oh, she's on the mommy track should be debunked immediately because I have some yeah. truly ass-kicking women on my team who have had uh, babies and, and they really, they really uh, deliver again and again. Yeah. One of the things that I also say to my, sometimes there's a piece of copy that came across my desk which was talking about working moms. I'm like, all moms are working moms. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. maybe it's like works outside the house, <laughs> but there is no difference there. And I also want to acknowledge that. And even for those moms who are staying home, they, you know, they still also need a ton of support. Like, you know, even if it's for from, from us when they go to see their favorite ball team and they're at the stadium and they didn't bring the baby and they still might need to pump because it's a, you know, an extra innings game or what have you. So it's not, it's not just a working outside the house mom or family issue. It's kind of an everybody issue. So Sasha, tell me about being a quote, lactivist. We do see ourselves as, as lactivists and we see ourselves as definitely benefiting from great public policy and you know, this was uh, sort of an idea until the Affordable Care Act and the Fair Labor Standards Act within that basically mandated that if you have 50 or more employees, you have to provide break time in a room that isn't a bathroom for a mom to pump. So while the concept first came upon us in 2006, it really was, you know, 2010, 2013, when the business case was made. And since then, even more rigorous policy than that federal Fair Labor Standards Act has come into play in places like California, San Francisco specifically actually has a mandate for any business at all 
um, with more than 25 employees, Philadelphia, New York City. So we are really excited about sort of the policy shift towards support for breastfeeding moms and want to be, you know, leading that conversation and providing data back to our partners who are working on policy. And what we have found, even in the time that we've done this in the U.S., in the last five years, initiation of breastfeeding has increased from somewhere around 75% of moms at least starting out breastfeeding, mm-hmm. uh, and it's gone up to 81%. So that's wow. those are significant increases, and I think so much of that has to do with good policy and moms feeling that they have the right to at least try to breastfeed. And, you know, where we want to cover is like then when they go back to work, that they also feel supported. It feels to me like Mama Va is so much more than a brand. It really feels like a, a movement to me. Do you, do you feel yeah, that? Yeah, we'd like to think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a Mama Va movement. It's an, it's, a, it's an idea. And we also just, we celebrate it. That's why the, the mobile app doesn't just have our lactation pods. It has all the public rooms, at least that we have been able to vet that aren't, um, you know, family restrooms around the country that just it's about enablement and support for moms. Um, yeah, it is more about the the bigger movement than, you know, trying to, you know, sell a solution. So I'd love to talk about this. You are also a founding board member of Mobius, a mentoring nonprofit. Can you tell us about that and about the importance of mentorship for women? Uh, Sure. Actually, that one is close to my heart because it is one of the things that you can do that really pays off. (laughs) Well, and it's time. And Mobius is actually for kids versus career mentorship and uh, for kids of all ages. Uh, supporting different forms of mentorship. So, you know, more mentorships, it's like interventional for, you know, kids who might be in crisis, all the way to, you know, going in to a school and being a a weekly reader with a child. So just somebody who's an adult in your life who comes in and just reads books for an hour in a communal setting to more of a mentor who might, you know, spend the entire day with you. And I think it's it's something that I have not I've I've had mentors in my life career wise, not not formally, and I feel really lucky and I feel like the stories I hear from other people of mentors are the ones who have been really successful in their in their careers. But this one is uh Mobius is in support of, you know, school aged younger kids. And how important is that for, do you think, for the, uh, both sides of the fence, for both the kids, but also the people who are committing to that process, the adults on the side of the equation? Yeah, the, I think for the adults, background is, is around design. And we always talk about like the idea that, you know, empathy is where you get the breakthroughs to understand how to design something better, you know, walk in somebody's shoes, look at something from all angles. And definitely mentoring is part of that is being getting close to someone who, who might have really different circumstances from you. Mm-hmm. And it, it builds this, this empathy that's so important. And it's a little bit ties back into the mama ba situation. It's like, you know, maybe I didn't need a, a lactation room in my office because I had a private one, but what about, you know, other people or, those people who are traveling a lot and empathy is a really big tenant of our, of our business as well. 
um, when we're interacting with each other, <laughs> yeah. but also when we're just creating design solutions. Like, you know, we're designing an app and it's like, okay, she has to do it one-handed because she might have her baby with her and it has to have, you know, one step because she might be, you know, 15 minutes uh, out from having to get onto her flight. Um, So that would be an example of putting that into play, right? Right. Absolutely. That's amazing. So if people want to get involved with Mobius, is there a way for them to do that? Um, Mobius is a Vermont, we're based in Vermont, so that's a, a Vermont organization. Um, but I think mentors.org is, is the national affiliate and should be able to kind of connect anybody with a mentoring opportunity in their community. So speaking of empathy and Vermont, <laughs> I heard you have, is it nine chickens? Is is that is that right? Is that like a, yeah. like I want to live a more holistic life and be more in touch with things? Like what? How does this happen? I have a garden. It's like kind of yeah, I have a garden and I have um, wanted to produce my own protein. So there, yes, I have nine layer chickens, and um, I think it's funny because when you think about like sort of that perfect design an egg yeah. it's not about an egg it's just it's just perfection and it's like a, a sort of an eccentric hobby because I do live in essentially suburbia and I'm sure my neighbors think I'm the weird chicken lady I love it no um, it's no longer the cat lady now you got to go the new, new lady yeah, is the I've chicken actually, lady <laughs> yes and I've actually adopted some chickens like the people didn't want their so oh my take your stray chickens in but one of the things that we've done at Mamava is we have a good egg um, award. So if someone's been a really great contributor over uh, the week or something um, exciting has happened and we want to acknowledge them, they get a dozen eggs from my From chickens your chickens? As their, yeah, That's that, amazing. That is kind amazing. Of funny because <laughs> the, the pods, too, they're kind of egg-like, you know, yeah. they have sort of a, a gesture that's that um, feels a little, it could be sort of like an egg. So I think it's an interesting aesthetic tie-in. I love your commitment to design and how that has clearly permeated all of your business ideas and your charitable endeavors and even your own backyard. It's really inspiring. (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you so much, Sasha. This has been unbelievable. I, I am so honored that you were able to join us today. And I really have to thank you for being a part of the Women Will Initiative. Thank you. Thanks for your enthusiasm and all the work you're doing as well. Well, thank you. For our listeners, remember, knowledge is power. So share these podcasts with your friends and colleagues. Find past episodes of Women Will on the Google Events page, iTunes, Stitcher, and the Google Play Music Store. And please keep the conversation going on Twitter. Hashtag Lead by Women Will. I'm at Loranda. And now for all of us, time to go smash some ceilings. Mm-hmm.